this week's episode of the Starting Eleven TFC edition, we talk about the frenzy, the fury, the excitement, and the questionable hairstyles that we saw during Toronto FC 4, Minnesota United 3. All that and more coming up right here, right now, on the Starting Eleven podcast. Welcome to the Starting Eleven TFC edition. I'm your host, Justin and with me today... I am back, <laughs> back and ready for action. He was just doing Farmville <laughs> um, a minute ago. I'm so sorry, everybody. I am I am fully recovered from my Farmville accident, I promise. Uh, I, I took your guys' advice to heart and no more farming for me. So, you know, back to being just a city slicker. What a lad. What's a lad it's indeed. Always, it's always but, beautiful to see somebody be accepting of who they really are. But in all seriousness, guys... Um, yeah, I'm back. Happy to be back. Uh, like I told Chengiz, you know, I was just unfortunately physically and emotionally drained from, you know, five months of just vigorous uh, rehearsing and performing. But now that uh, that's over with, it's uh, starting 11 all the way through. So let's do it. Uh, so joining me today, I have a plethora of uh, guests. Uh, Chengiz Khan. Did you know? that the brand Minute Maid derives its name from the 18th century slang for a prostitute who was notorious for doing the job quickly. <laughs> that, that is amazing. I'm, that, is I'm, my, that is my favorite that did you know of all time. I'm going to make that as a yes, card. Yes, that is. But like as an official business favorite, card, did you know. and that's what it's going to be on the other side. <laughs> Thank you so much, by the way, Chengiz, for filling in as host the last couple of weeks. You did a phenomenal Absolutely. job. After listening, I, I said to you in the car the other day, I said, I don't think I want to come back. You did such a great job. I, I don't know if I can if I can compete. And then I slapped you so hard you nearly crashed. It's true. And now I'm back. So, you know, life yeah. is life is good. So and, it, and it was the rain, we too. We almost got him back me. and lost him in the same day. That's true. That's and, you true. know, we were outside a farm, too. Yeah. You <laughs> had to pick him up from a farm. Yes. A farm in the city of Toronto, of course. <laughs> yeah. That's an oxymoron right there. Um, Wait, a farm in the city of Toronto. You mean the Air Canada Centre? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's where we were driving right by. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah Is that yeah. because it's I, full I, of okay. goats? <laughs> oh, oh, way to turn it around. All right, let's like move it. on before this one. gets even worse. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's move on. Joining us as well, we got Peter Robinson. Support local wineries. Wow. Spicing it up this time. I like I mean, it. You're not even drinking wine. This two-faced motherfucker. <laughs> what are you drinking? I was drinking wine, but I was drinking a California wine. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh. Even worse. Filthy whore. Ugh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a minute maid. <laughs> That's, That's our new, new t-shirt. Insult. That is our new t-shirt. Don't be a minute maid. And back from the dead, because we thought he had died today, but thankfully he just forgot his phone. Uh, Andre McRae. Gorgeous podcast for the beautiful game. Oh, every time you say that slogan, I feel violated a little bit. I'll be honest. It's doing its job. It means it's doing its it job. It is. It is. So, guys, let's talk about what was an exciting Friday night under the lights in the rain, which always seems to be uh, a wild match in the making for Toronto FC. I mean, the last time I can think of a great Friday night under the lights in the rain, it was the um, that amazing comeback against Montreal to take us to the 2016 MLS Cup Finals. So every time I, I think of these games, uh, I, I, always, I said to Chengiz, actually, that it, it always... Um, Sort of leads to uh, to to a great match in the making, and and it didn't seem that way at at the the get go, but uh, it ended up turning into a game that really had literally everything, and we're gonna get to that. Um, so it was a back and forth game with Toronto coming out on top four uh, three, and let's dive right into it, guys. All right, so 
Uh, we're going to get <laughs> Peter. We're coming to you first, man, because we're going to talk about Alex Bonnell for a second. So, I mean, the first <laughs> goal for Minnesota comes off a long ball, goes over top the defense. Larea is chasing onto it. Now, Bonnell comes charging out, but once again, he decides to back off. He doesn't go through it. Uh, Quintero manages to poke it past him and finishes it off one nothing. In a situation like that, listen, Bono needs to either go through both of them and get that ball out or he needs to stay in his net. He comes out wishy-washy. We saw the same kind of thing against Chicago, and he doesn't really commit to the play, and then it ends up costing us because he's out of position, the ball gets poked past him, and there's nobody there to stop it. So, I mean, Alex Bono is running out of time to prove himself as the number one keeper for this squad. I mean, to me, he's already run out of time. We've seen from uh, Vesberg that he's good with his feet. You know, obviously, he he's confident coming out for crosses. He commands his box relatively well. I think the communication between him and the the defenders, that's going to take a little bit of time. But Bono's had that time. Bono's had the time where he's been able to show that he is the number one goalkeeper in the MLS. But he hasn't shown that, especially um, with the play that you referenced um, against Minnesota. Absolutely no command of the box. Doesn't make good decisions he was caught between two minds. You know, when you're a goalkeeper at a, in a professional league, you can't be caught between two minds. But this is, this, either- is what I don't, this is why I don't understand about that play is that he, I think he made the right decision there. Like, Larea was beat. Like, he was going to get beat for sure. And he comes out to punch it clear. But he's basically on the edge of the box. What's the other possible option there to do? Head the ball? Not really. He's not close to it. So he, there's only one thing he should be doing, which is punching it as hard as he bloody well can. Safety of your own player be damned. Get the ball out. And that and like, that that was it, right? He made the right play to come out, but he was he was wishy washy on it, which is what he he seems to to be doing constantly now, where he'll make a decision, but then halfway through he kind of decides not to commit to it, and it's that well, lack of commitment replay, that ends up you know costing them. If you look at the replay, he's coming out with both his hands out like he's going to try to catch the ball. At that point, there's no catching of the ball because your momentum is going to take you outside of the box, just like Chenge said. The, the best play is just to put a fist on it and pump it down the field. Yeah. Get it away from he, your I think, net I think it was, instead of trying to catch it and just letting it go. It's almost like he was, I don't worried, understand he was that. worried about the distribution. Like if he punched it, maybe somebody was coming up for the follow-up. Because, you know, you rewatch it a couple of times and it seems like he's decided, like clearly this is what I need to do and be out there and get it, which I, I at least commend him for coming out. But yeah, that was not the right decision. I, I don't know what he had in his mind going on, but he was clearly not thinking about you know, knock it out. He was, I got to get it and then distribute it slowly or play on pace. So he got beat and just, bad. and just to quickly go back to what I was saying when I meant that, you know, he's running out of time. I was, I was simply referring to, so Greg Vanny had said that after 10 matches, he wants some stability when it comes to the, the keeper for this team. And so he, I was, what I meant to say was that he has about five matches left, four or five matches left to really solidify his position as number one. I'm sure we're going to see Westberg come out again uh, in the next couple of games to, to have a shot. And so I was just sort of referring to Greg Vanny's comments about looking for sort of consistency after the 10, the 10 game mark, just to sort of I th- confirm. I think that, yeah. the next match has to be a, a Vesberg match based on that mistake. And based on the fact that they're playing Portland, if, if Vesper can come out and get a clean sheet against Portland, a team that isn't really firing right now on all cylinders, um, it, as much as it does add to his his 
CV and his push for the number one spot, it gives him a little bit of confidence. It gives the defense a little bit of confidence in their goalkeeper. I think that if we put Bono in for that game, he's going to do something stupid. And yeah, we're going to end up conceding. To Portland of old people, right? It, exactly. They, they can't score their own goals, so it's going to end up being a, a Alex Bono issue or an Alex Bono, I don't even know what you want to call it, a, a brain fart that ends up being a, a Portland goal, and that could be the goal that sinks what us. If you, what At the if end you, of the day, we have hey, to like, realize. Devil's advocate here, too. Maybe it's the game that he actually needs, a game where they're not contesting him all the time. Like, they have no real strikers or nobody really pushing for him. So maybe this is his moment. Maybe this is his moment to kind of boost his confidence and try out the things that maybe he's working in training. That's just, because keep in mind, yeah, he should have punched it. But if you look at just Minnesota one, they've actually been doing quite well attacking. And that was extremely good or hitting from him as soon as the ball went on. Like that wasn't just, uh, he missed it and then it rolled in. It was him actually directly affecting the play immediately afterwards that went that went in. So maybe it's that thing he needs to get him back up there because he can be good. He's just been shit the past year. He's he's mm-hmm. a good keeper, and that's that's sort of why I think we're we're so frustrated as as a group, you know, and in our support of him because he proved to us in 2017 just how great of a keeper he can be. He made some. I just some, I, some I can't I can't stand subs. by that statement anymore though because no, 2017 is two, it's two two years, mate. Like that's no, he's no, not I, a good keeper. No, you're you're right a hundred percent. But I'm just saying that you know he proved in that season that he has the ability to be a good keeper. Um, but it's just the last two seasons. You know, last year was sort of an anomaly because the entire team was flying on on low cylinders. But so far this year, you know, he has been one of the the weakest links on that on the field. And there there comes a point where you know something's got to give. And you know, it's great that we have you know players like Hamilton and Pozzuolo who can keep putting the ball in the back of the net. But at some point, you're gonna have to start keeping some of them out. And I know that our defensive back line is is not the strongest right now. But I mean, as a keeper, you know, you need to also be part of that that group and and he has not been doing um you know what he needs to do to sort of you know solidify that spot and so i think that it's 100 percent a 50 50 you know coin flip and i I think that if westberg can come out and and really prove himself in a couple of games uh, i think that he could easily take that spot the way that bono did from to go sort of on andre's point about bono coming into the portland game and maybe he needs it in order to um, get his confidence back up uh i'm just gonna kind of go back to my point of if they only have two or three shots but he bobbles one and they put it in and we lose one nil it's still a loss whereas i think vesberg showed in in the first game that he has better ball control he has better command of the box Um, as much as he might not be as good of a shot stopper as alex bono his distribution is better. His I think, yeah, I think, but that that remains to be seen because I don't think Westberg's really faced too many shots. He, he, of course, he didn't not. get a. He didn't like all three of the goals that Seattle scored against him were a result of things out of his control. The first was definitely um, a defensive error. The second one was just very good play by Seattle, and the third one was a complete failure of defensive errors. So. To blame West, I think that's probably why he got the sack is because somebody wasn't paying attention in the coaching staff and they just saw, oh, he's conceded three on his first start. Let's but punch yeah, him. they, I mean, they, they kind of set him up for failure. They're putting him against Seattle. I think it was, I think it was, uh, yeah, well, we got to try him. Yeah, maybe sh- trial by maybe, fire. Yeah, maybe should have pushed it back a game just because we know, like, I, I get it. 
you know, if you look at Vanny's also been known though to um, start the backup keeper um, on um, against Western teams, uh, especially when we travel to the West to play. He has been known to kind of put the backup keeper in for those games. So I think that that was going to be Westberg's game, regardless of how Bono was playing. It just so happened to be against a team that's flying on all cylinders. I, I just right think, now, like I just think with our history with Seattle having the experienced keeper there with that team. And Seattle not making a huge ton of moves just might have been better because their their tactics haven't really changed all that much. You're just a good team. That's why they've been consistently high for three years. It's just I don't know. It, it was it was just having that veteran there of of the the two three years experience with with Seattle, and we did well against Seattle last year, but terribly the rest of the year. I don't know. I just think it was it was one of those ones where it was like ah oh, screw it, we got to try somebody else. And I probably should have picked him for Minnesota. If Vesberg, if Vesberg led in three goals and was dropped the next match. It should stand to reason that Bono led in three goals. He should be dropped the next match. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. As much as you don't want to go through this whole goalkeeper carousel the whole season, um, you have to figure out which one's going to work. There's also the, there was also that one moment in the middle of the match where Bono cleared it from a, I think it was a just a normal <laughs> keeper just kick. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like out of the ball didn't go out of touch. He just collected it and redistributed. He just hoofed it up, and then it went to about halfway, and then came back because he kicked it straight into the wind. <laughs> like as a keeper, are you thinking? You should be thinking about that. You should be thinking about the ground pass. You shouldn't be looking to hoof it every single time you get. At least with Westberg, he thought about okay, if I spray out to the right wing there, there's more gaps down there we can probably get an attack going. Whereas Bonner's just like, ball? No, 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 no ball, no ball. Hoof ball. <laughs> Smash ball. I'll be honest, it no, also no. led to one of my favorite moments in the game with Chengiz's, you know, beautifully sultry be- British voice screaming at BMO Field, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so that, that was great. Uh, yeah. That was a great See, That's what you gotta me, do. So. No, he has um, to go to that next DFC <laughs> game and you gotta bring a little recorder with him and just record him. Don't say anything. And that can be our intro yeah. instead of we Aguero. should just mic up we should just yeah we should mic up Chengiz for the games because he's a ton of fun to sit with and if anybody yeah, has a chance thing, to sit with him during the games it's so much fun because his yeah, commentary think, is is great unfortunately the MLSC which might, would much prefer to have Maria Papadakis on the mic than me of course so, no no they yeah. want to see and also, the also Peter would too and you on the mic Oh well, I think everybody would just there have confused by well, There us. we go. We'll just we'll just voice over Maria Papadakis with Chengiz. <laughs> with, with, with me. Okay, <laughs> we have solved climate change. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's move forward now to some positive news. So um, positive news. Pun patrol. Oh my god. I want also, to just a heads up: we are giving away an Alejandro Pasuelo jersey on our website. So head over to xipodcast.com and uh, enter that. Um, but let's talk about Pasuelo right now, guys, because my God, Toronto's new hero. Can I can I say that right now? Yeah. So far, yeah, yes. I think that's Jump fair. on it. Two amazing Stay goals, away. 110 seconds apart. Let's let's break down the first goal, okay? So I mean, it was it was so satisfying to watch. So Pasuelo picks up the ball on the counter. He's charging down on defender um, Michael Boxel, who gets all turned around. And this is where Pasuelo, being two footed, comes in handy because he he does a little step over, takes it to his left, moves it to his right, and you can tell that Boxel made the right he they made the wrong decision. I think he thought he was going to take it to his left foot and, and try to basically beat him on the outside, but he didn't. He brought it on the inside, and and by just for having that extra second of Boxel trying to regain his footing, he just blasts it from with his right foot outside of the box, smooth as you like. What a goal! I there mean, was and nothing. That, 
There was nothing the defender could have done. I, no. I think in, in that situation, because it was a counterattack off a corner. Uh, it was him and Altador up front, and it was a two-on-two situation. The only other option he could have done was to pass it to Altador, but the other defender was marking Altador. Yeah, quite no, well. it was it was a great choice, and it, it was it was. I don't want to say I don't I don't want to say this because it, it sounds like I'm trying to sort of compare them, but it, it was almost like a trademark Javinko move. You know what I mean? Take it on mm-hmm. himself. And I remember last week I was listening to the podcast, and you guys had you guys were mentioning that um, you know Pasuelo is. Is, is not like a Giovinco because you know he's more likely to dis- distribute the ball and sort of like assist those goals. But this was one of those great moments where he he used his skill and he used his his knowledge of the game to realize that he had the defender beat that um, Altador was was marked. There was nobody else around him and just mm. sort of take it onto that right foot and just blast it. And and those were the kind of highlight real goals that you were seeing in those videos that were being posted before he came. People yeah. you know trying to show off what he could do. It was goals like that, just outside of the box, just beating the defender on on the little you know switch foot and just sort of taking it on. So it was beautiful. Um, and then 110 seconds later, uh, Moro is racing up the wing. Um, moves the box, the ball into the box, right to Pasuelo, who just blasts it to the top of the net. Another amazing goal, um, and and just like that, Toronto's back on top, two one. That's that, um, that second goal was the one that just obviously the first one everybody oh. went crazy, and it was such a good goal. It was good control, but that second one, just to watch the keeper just World put his class. hands up and go, I have no idea what I was gonna do. And, and and after I went home, I, I watched the replay over and over again, and he hits it so hard. Like if, like I'm surprised that it didn't go through the top of the net. Like that's how hard he. All hit I know that is ball. if he it missed it, there was going to be a small kid in a wheelchair somewhere over in Ontario Place that would have got taken out by that ball. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was definitely it, the the top top of the net finish was very very Aguero like. It was just it was that kind of quality that that pure the purity of the strike. I don't think there is a better striker of the ball that I've seen in MLS this season, aside from Pozuelo. And I, I I don't know, you know, like I don't know how much of this is just him being in good form, coming off a very good season in the Belgian league, um, you know, having a lot of freedom to play in the MLS, or how much of it is just his in own inherent ability. Because I feel like a player of this ability, this this kind of performance. I'm, I'm surprised he's playing for us. He, it feels like he's too good to be playing we, for us. We said that about Gio, though, too, right? Like, as much as I sometimes hate saying the name now, as soon as that went on, everybody's like, why Toronto? And it, yeah. it was because we paid him money, <laughs> and that was why. No, no, but it also, we... This one makes a little bit more sense maybe than Gio. I think I think Gio was really a good Vanny move. I guess maybe he was just doing his job and really enticing him. But I think, I think Pazuelo really enjoys it because... Just one, where he's been playing is so consistent culturally to us. So the atmosphere is the same. The the weather is the same. You know, it's a very European vibe. So I think it just might have seemed Although, more appeasing to bring his family. And that's one of the reasons why he said he turned down the Saudi League was because he felt it was a better place to bring his wife and his kid. So that might have just been it. Either that or we threatened to take his kid. It was one of those. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I'm sure Pozuelo really took into account the fact that uh, we cheer louder for Leafs score lines being shown up on the billboard than our own. I know that's right. a well, I was gonna, to say, I but. was going to bring I was actually going to bring that up He's, later I could see on. Justin getting really really triggered. I was going right to bring there. that up later on, but I'm going to bring it up right now since you already mentioned, okay? So this might be an unpopular opinion. Um, you know, there was some talk in some of the forums and, and some of the fans, you know, saying that they were not happy. So for those of you guys who might not have been there or, or are unaware of what's happening in the world of Toronto sports, um, Toronto is a sports city. OK, um, 
they're we're the only city Toronto with a basketball team in Canada. We're the only city yes. with a baseball team in baseball Canada. Baseball team. We're the only one um, that have a, know, a significant one of three. We're one of three MLS teams, and um, we're an original six in the NHL with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is has one of the biggest fan bases in the world or in the, the world of hockey. So, anyways, it's it's playoff time. Right. People were anxious. Chengiz is my, you know, he can be my my witness for this. You know, looking around us, there was people everywhere in little huddles on their phone, checking the scores, watching the game. And what happened was basically, you know, TFC, which is owned by MLSC, which is Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, which owns the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Raptors. Um, they were putting the scores up on the, the scoreboard to kind of let people um, just sort of know what was going on. And there's two things that happened from this. One, I liked it because it 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 made me not want to check my phone as often as I was because, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a diehard TFC fan, but I'm also a diehard Leaf fan. Uh, I was born and raised a Leaf fan. And so I want to know what's happening. It's playoff time. It's a big deal. And so basically, you know, when they were showing the scores, you know, people were getting riled up and, and Andre, you were there, Cengiz, you were there. It gave mm-hmm. the stadium a lift, especially at a point in the game where the, the atmosphere was kind of dying out. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't getting too quiet, but you know, the, 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 the play on the field wasn't, you know, one, it was a gross point. night too. We were down three, raining two. cold. It was raining, it was, yeah, you know, raining, there wasn't a, cold, there was windy, a lot of people. They said 22,000, but I, like, so not only that, yeah. you've added on top of that, it's a, it's Passover, like, you know, you really, you yeah. really set yourself up for some difficulty. So, yeah, I, I, I get, I get the frustrations on it. I'm on the fence. I don't know. It was kind of nice to see because it was a historic moment for Toronto to have so many teams win. But I also felt it was almost like maybe do it right as the game ended versus mid game kind of thing. But do it at the end of the game. Do it at halftime. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think that that would have been maybe a better option. Um, but look, they showed that the Leafs had won. That really sort of set the stadium on fire. People started getting really excited. And that kind of, it was just just shortly after that that I think it led to Jordan Hamilton putting in the equalizer off the, the through ball from, but we'll, we'll get to that. So I basically- have a, I, I have a spiel. <laughs> spiel. Spiel away, my friend. Spiel away. Okay. So when the cheers went up, I was a little annoyed because I'm personally a football first kind of person. I didn't grow up here. Uh, I only recently made Canada my, my citizenship country. So there's a lot of learning that comes with that. And one of the things I learned about all of it was the fact that this is a hockey country first and foremost and then it's you know then it's the leafs it's the leafs then it's the the nba and then it's whatever else after that uh, and then the argos at the very very bottom <laughs> <laughs> i don't um, know i think that's so, i think it's lower than bottom i think they covered it up put something else there like knitting i think knitting is higher than the I argos think i would rather i think i would rather never watch sports ever again than watch the argos but that's my <laughs> well, opinion go. so <laughs> So he's, so one of the things you have to understand about Toronto culture is that it is kind of a medley, right? It's kind of, it's kind of a, just a mix of everything. And if you support the Leafs, you will end up supporting the Raptors because of all the crops promotion and all the equal media time coverage. And if you support the Raptors, you'll support TFC because red sells or something, <laughs> something equally stupid like that. So and and it's all tied together because of MLAC, Maple Leaf Sports and, uh, and Entertainment, or I think that's it, right? Maple Leaf Sports. Yeah, okay. Um, so they're all running everything, and they're doing their best to give everything uh, the appropriate amount of uh, airtime. Understandably, TFC is getting the short end of the stick right now because we're in the playoff season. The the problem I think that most people have with the people that do have a problem with with the other sports getting airtime on the on the jumbotron is the fact that 
most TFC supporters, at least the diehard ones, are insecure about how genuine our fan base actually is. Like, you have the ultras, and the ultras are the only people making noise in the stadium. Like, we've got our little bits and bobs in 110 and 109, but on that that uh, that south end, that is where all the noise comes in. The west end has no noise whatsoever. It's just the south end and then sort of like the... the, the and the kings in the north, end, let's not forget about that. <laughs> and the kings in the north, sure. So, if people... If, if we were okay with the state of our fan base and we, we understood you know, that, that there's space for everybody on the field, we wouldn't be having this discussion. I think most people want to see TFC's fan base grow and it doesn't grow and it doesn't add credence to the fact that people showing up are actually there and present 100% if they're, score, if they're cheering louder for other teams rather than the game that's happening in front of them. So I, do I, see, I see where you're going with that, and I, I agree, and I don't want to dwell on it too much. I do want to move on to the rest of the game. But um, just Toronto's a sports city, and, and the thing is, you have Leaf fans, diehard Leaf fans who have, you know, Leafs is all they do, but they also watch the Raptors. And you never hear anybody sort of, you know, give them shit for, for being also a Raptors supporter. Oh, you're watching the Raptors game tonight? You know what mm. I mean? I'm sure a ton of the people that were down in Maple Leaf Square watching the game yesterday in the afternoon stayed to watch the Raptors game. And you, you don't hear them giving shit for that and vice versa. I'm sure those Raptors fans are watching the Leafs. So I just, I feel like that says a lot more about the Toronto FC fan base and that they need to, you know, relax. Like, you yeah. know, like we're, a, we're a sports city. We, I love Toronto FC as equally as much as I love the Leafs, as much as, you know, I like the Raptors. I'm not a diehard NBA fan, but, you know, I support them in the playoffs. But like, I feel like it's Toronto's a sports city. And, and, and especially for people who follow like European sports, it's a little bit harder because I feel like it's not as prominent over there because well, over there, you know, you have football or you have like it's it's sort of like that one team. Like, you know, if you're a Liverpool fan in Liverpool, you're that's what you are. Yeah. Like there's not I mean, you, sort of, you know, you're not following you, you, all these other there, sports. I mean, there are two teams in Liverpool. and I've always said this Liverpool and Liverpool reserves. So <laughs> the thing that but here's the thing is like even in the EPL and even in all the other football leagues, they cheer when they hear a rival scoreline go in their favor. You know, if, 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 if Liverpool are playing somebody at the same time as the Manchester Derby and Manchester United go ahead, you know, that means City are going to lose or they're losing and there'll be a huge cheer, even if it is for United, you know, because context matters and people like to be connected and people like to have something to well, cheer The enemy about. of my enemy is my friend is usually there. And I mean, Liverpool has a lot of those. So, I mean, uh, uh, no. this is uh, big words from the Arsenal. It fan. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was convenient that you missed the uh, EPL uh, the EPL. Well, there, I mean, well, why? Well, there's nothing to talk uh, about. They didn't have any EPL <laughs> games this week, so there was nothing that went. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. nobody yeah, played. Yeah, right. Nobody played this week at all. Let's, so let's move forward. All right. So Toronto takes a two-one lead into halftime, but it doesn't last long. Um, you know, we, they come out of the gate 56 minute. Um, Angelo Rodriguez, and that's a gorgeous header off the bar and in. Simon is defending him. It's just not tough enough. And and mm. and um, Chengiz, you were saying this during the game as well. A lot of ball watching. Um, you know, just this, Actually, this I, habit I, of... Yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Just this sort of habit of, of sort of, you know, seeing where the ball's coming, but he's not really marking his man. And, and I watched the I watched the highlights again before uh, we recorded this, uh, just to kind of like really sort of see what happened. And and Rodriguez is kind of behind... Um, 
you know, behind Simon and, and he's sort of in front of him, but he's not really making sure that he's on top of him and he gives yeah. him the space to get up and get his head to that ball. And I mean, yes. you know, you have to sort of be right on him. You cannot give him this space. I mean, it was a gorgeous header. You can't blame Bono on that one. It went off the bar and in, yeah. but it's just, you have to sort of be a little bit tighter to your man. Yeah, they. But he's been, he, he's been just so, so notorious for that. While it is a fantastic goal and it's hard to say it, but I mean, I don't know the the, he, he did do a lot of ball watching this game. It was it was kind of a bit more unfortunate than I would have liked. I, I don't know. I, I think he could have maybe done something a little bit more. Maybe he couldn't have stopped the header, but maybe have just been in a better possession. Well, even if he was behind him, he would have maybe been able to get a little bit of a boost over him to maybe, you know, even if he could deflect the header or if he could just get to the ball first, right? Being in front of him, once that ball goes over him, he he's out of the play, right? So, once it goes over his I head. Notice, yeah. Something else I notice is that um, as you watch that goal again, I didn't I didn't catch this during the game. I just saw Simon ball watching, um, but Mavinga actually leaves his man on the near post to try and deal with the ball. There's no communication going on. That's like, two that's games Simon's in a row. Ball. So what happens is Mavinga because he's yeah because Mavinga is a lot taller than Simon or Simon was kind of ducked or whatever he was doing. I'm not really sure how he was setting himself up for that. Um, but Mavinga kind of comes across his line of sight. He's ball watching anyway, so he's angry at Mavinga because he blocked his side of the ball, but he was completely in the wrong position to deal with his man. So yeah, I'm I'm putting most of that on Simon, but again, like the the lack of communication, which again was was exploited for that third goal. Um, yeah, just just not a good time really for anybody involved. Well, and it's and it's not like there wasn't help back there either, right? Because when you when you have the the lineup that they did four two three one, there was there was enough help there. There should have been enough communication back there to adequately yep. cover. Chengiz. Yes. For you, buddy. <laughs> Mav- <laughs> Mavinga chops down Rodriguez in the box. Yes. Unnecessary. I was waiting for uh, it. Was un- it was an unnecessary tackle. Um, he didn't need to make it. Three TFC defenders were in front of that ball. Even if Rodriguez took a shot, that ball was being deflected or blocked. Worst case scenario is it somehow made some miraculous move through and went to the net. You can't be mad because it was probably goal of the season at that point. Um, I, can, I, can, so, I, can do you, I can do you one better. All right. So Mavinga is holding on to his man. He's tightening him, marked him really, really tightly, which is good. Very good defending. Um, then you've got a defender next to him. I think that's Azorio on the field. And then the two players in front of him, which he could really, which the uh, Minnesota player could have passed to, were both offside. As a result, probably of an offside trap, which again is good defense. But Mavinga is just like, nah, this guy's about to shoot, so I'm just going to hack his legs. Hack him. Reason, and like, reasons. It, it was a hack. Like, Peter, you have to, like, did, 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 he just takes his legs out like there's no tomorrow. I mean, there's defending and then there's that, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, okay, just, just, he, he was listening to a certain podcaster talking about kicking a player and he was just taking the advice. So. <laughs> I swear I said that during the game. I swear to God I said that during the game. No, um, I, I have to ask at this point, does anybody think that Mavinga's a good player? I, I like him. I do. I'm, I'm going to continue to say this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I do like him as a player. Um, I just feel like he he just there's one or two moments per game where he just makes a really bonehead decision that ends up costing us big, which isn't which isn't good. But then he makes up for it because then shortly after that, he makes like a, 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 what was certain to be it was a, goal, a very good interception. It was, it was, I wouldn't say it was a certain goal, but it was a breakaway and it was against, against Alex Bono. You don't know, that was a goal. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Like picking, but not I trying to throw shade. I'm just saying, here, okay. It's one or the other. I think, 
I can have my cake and eat it too, like, damn it. No, Bottle's going to just suddenly Superman and save it. I think I think the angle might have been tough for the Minnesota player, but either way, that was a very He was good in block. on his own. He was in on his own, and, and Mavinga was able to get back, and, and it was an amazing interception. That's what I mean. He makes a great tackle like that, and, and I think you had said it during the game. No one's going to remember the hack. No one's going to remember you know, no. the, 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 the one or they two might, off plays might, because... They might remember the hack because it, it resulted in a penalty and a, which, yeah. and a goal, but it's the little things we've been pointing out that, that just aren't good enough, like sort of that, that, that complete absence of intelligence during Seattle's third, which left an almighty gap between Morrow and himself, which they exploited for the third. People won't notice that, but they will notice the hack and they will notice the penalty and they will notice the goal because that's, that's going to be on the highlights, right? Um, you know, it's just when, it, when there's only one thing to do, Mavinga is the best player on the pitch. And what I mean by that is, you know, the only objective is to stop the last man. The only objective is to clear the ball. The only objective is to head the ball clear from a corner. When there is only one objective, he's good. Exactly. And in fact, you could argue he's very, very good. But when there are other people involved, when the options do numer, when there are like two, three, four, five options to, to potentially um, sort out a passage of play, he always picks the worst one. And that is my biggest problem with him. And I don't understand. I just, I, I don't get it. I, I don't want to say anything overly disparaging because like I could be eating my words. And also I just, I'm just not that kind of person, but he's just, he frustrates me. And I'm every, like at the first three minutes, I was like, oh, this he's, he's having a good game. He had some good passes here. He ro ro rotated possession quite well and he's taking up good positions, but then he does this and I'm just like, what the, what the f? So it, it it was it was it was not a great defensive move. I think we all can agree on that. It led to a penalty, which Quintero converts for his second goal of the game, uh, which he then uh, he runs over to the Toronto supporter section and does that stupid dance celebration that he does. I hate it. it I kind of love it. It, it really I know, I know it. Up. I know it. I know you loved it, but I was like leaning over my chair. I wanted to fight him. I was I was surprised nobody threw a streamer at him, we, to be honest. I was waiting for eyes. it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think his uh his his yellow in the 93rd minute really just came from the the ref going, I just can't get that in my head. That was so bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I mean, I, I know that you love the shithousery Chengiz, but it just, it had my blood boiling, which is what, what he was looking to do, but it worked. And I was just so angry. And so I'm really glad that uh, what we're about to talk about next. And that is it for part one, guys. In part two, we're going to look at the turnaround for Toronto FC in Friday night's match and look ahead to next week's fixture against the Portland Timbers. All that and more coming up on the Start 11 podcast. Before we kick on, a quick word from our sponsor, Fanatics. Anytime you're looking for your next best piece of soccer merch or sports collectibles, you can help support the Starting Eleven podcast by shopping with Fanatics at xipodcast.com forward slash Fanatics. Visiting their shop through our link helps you support your favorite team while supporting our continued efforts to bring you in-depth sports podcasts and content. There's no added cost to you, but we get a commission out of it. So help us help you. Pretty please. Fanatics. Officially licensed everything. Now, let's get back to it.
Welcome back to part two of the Starting Eleven podcast, Toronto FC edition. Uh, so when we left you guys off before the break, uh, Minnesota had just gone up 3-2 on a Quintero penalty and enter super sub Jordan Hamilton, who has had an impressive start to the season so far. So he equalized the game off a gorgeous through ball by Jonathan Osorio. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Hamilton this year. Um, he's he's really starting to kind of come into his game uh, as a striker, uh, and he's he's putting the ball in the back of the net, which is what I like to see and what we need. And uh, I think that he's a player that's really sort of proving to to be somebody who can step in to fill in for Josie when uh, he goes down injured or you know when he needs a break. And and so I'm really liking uh, what well, I see, you see so far. It's 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 weird with Hamilton because he is. You can see how limited he is, right? But when he's given an actual task, like a very, 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 very like specific task, he executes it very, very well. And I like that. I like that we have options off the bench. I like that we don't have to be worrying about Terrence Boyd, personally. Um, I like that we actually have some pace to call upon, and I like that he's hungry for it, too. Well, and that's what you need off the bench. So when you're looking at your squad and you're building your squad you need to say who do i have that i can bring on in the 70th minute 75th minute who's going to get me a couple goals and so far terrence boyd hasn't been that person but jordan hamilton has been that person with you know the the critics are still out on iowa canola that's that's still a little bit of a process there but um it seems like Hamilton is being the poacher that we need him to be. Um, realistically, yes. we just need him to come in and get those scrappy goals. He doesn't need to score worldies. He doesn't need to be hitting them from outside the box. He doesn't have to be doing anything like that. If he can tap the ball into the net and we can walk away with three points, that's all we need him to do. He's got a good shot, but I think he just doesn't have the pace maybe to keep it up for 90 minutes. So by bringing him on later on in the game... When he can use that, he's fresh and he's he's good to go. I think that's perfect. I think that might be great. Like, you know, say what you want about Ricketts, but when Ricketts could come in and would just run circles around everybody, no, nah, it wasn't good when he tried to touch the ball. But it didn't matter because he would get back to the ball, bring the ball back up again, and then have another go at it. So maybe it's just kind of our super sub. Yeah. I wouldn't and, and it was a it was it was a great finish. I mean, it was on his off foot. It was on his off his right foot there, and he just kind of slides into it and just kind of chops at it and just manages to, to get it past um you know vita manone so it, it was a, it was a great finish and uh that through ball by jonathan Osorio was also just phenomenally placed i mean it's it's him not stopping on the play that scores that fourth goal um so he, he could have easily just been like yeah you know what goalkeeper's gonna get it let's leave it he was going to take that goalkeeper out if it meant putting it into the net. And that's the type of passion and the type of drive that this team needs. And hopefully they can build off, you know, what, what Jordan was able to do last match and take that into the game against Portland and put four past them. I'm looking for like a big 4-0 victory against Portland, 3-0 victory against Portland. Help that goal differential a little bit more because I think we're sitting at seven right now, which I think is the best in the Eastern Conference. Um, so let's let's keep pumping that goal differential. Let's keep it going. To give, to give you an idea, like he is he is clearly somebody who cares about this team. He's going to put his heart and soul into it. And this is a fun story about Hamilton. I don't know if I've said on the Scarborough podcast. Scarborough boy. Scarborough boy. He when we so when we were in in Panama and I was watching our team doing so great there, uh, winning by like seventeen goals to nil. <laughs> 
he felt yeah of course yeah it was just it was such a blowout it was amazing I loved it it was great no we fe- he felt so bad because he was actually on the bench he bought everybody who traveled there beer he bought nice. like a couple of trays of beer because he just sat there and he was he just knew we were trying to give it our all and I was the only one there that even knew any of the songs and he's like ah oh, fuck so he went out and bought he's like he just looked at the lady and was like okay here's like a 50 go bring back as much beer as you can carry <laughs> like try to try to ease the pain of this one so good good guy hamilton clearly guy cares about yeah, he, he, he seems he seems like a likable guy um but let's talk about now his winning goal because it was <laughs> when i was writing about it for the script today it was it was making me laugh and i was telling you guys so the game's tied at three apiece uh Pasuelo lobs a ball into the box for altador who manages to kind of just get his foot on it and chip it up over keeper uh vita manone uh defender michael boxall again uh, so he's right there. He's has the ability to clear it, and for some reason he just hesitates. And Hamilton, I think it was Chengage, you called him Bambi because he just comes <laughs> in like a little deer and just throws his head to That's it. That's kind of how he runs. And Boxel, it does, yeah. And the, especially for that goal, if you watch the replay, he kind of just like hops in there and throws his head to the ball, gets it in, and and Boxel just jumps up in the air and falls face first onto the field. And it's just Jordan, it was, it was, Jordan Bambi <laughs> Hamilton. I love it. What the defender, what the Minnesota defender did though, was one hundred percent pure uncut top shelf MLS. <laughs> yeah, you let the ball bounce in front of an open goal. What the. F- fuck did you think was gonna happen and then he jumps after it's been hit and just falls face first it was it was it was i feel bad but it was funny to watch just because that, that was sean we johnson that was sean johnson level of bad i thought for sure it was like when i saw they get lobbed over i saw the defender there i wasn't even excited i thought okay this is gonna get picked up and then just out of nowhere i see the back of the net bulge because it happened we were, we were celebrating and we were just like we we were equal parts like <laughs> elated and confused like what just happened Chengiz was care. like how did that ball go in the back of the net Jordan Hamilton. That's Let, how. Let's Jordan put it this Hamilton. way: it's that had been Terrence Boyd, and then he kills them with. Then he kills them with the silence of celebration. <laughs> <Right>. If that <laughs> had been Terrence Sorry, on, Boyd, uh, trying to get that header, he probably would have put it over the bar. It would have been Let's in the be food real. building. Yeah. So the, the, the CNE food it's building. A, would be that on top. hurts, man. That, that hurts because <laughs> it's so true. And I just, you know what? Normally, I try to see the better and defend some of these guys from you two or you three, and no, I can't do that. I can't do that. It I think it would have went over. Actually, it, it, actually, it might no. have. It might have hit up Lamport. It might be playing with the ball up there in Lamport if that was Boyd. <laughs> I don't think Terrence Boyd would have gotten to That's, it. No. Yeah. It no. He also would have yeah. went flat. No. The ball would have went dead, and both of them would have laid laid flat on the ground. By the way, did you guys hear the news? We have Terrence Boyd coming on the podcast. Nice. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> He's been barred from listening to this one. This is a VPN one. Yeah. Yeah. This is a yeah access only. All right. So. Um, Let's get to the ugly part of the game now. All right. So, um, you know, Toronto goes up 4 3. Um, Jan Gregis for uh, Minnesota with an ugly scissor tackle from behind. Disgusting scissor tackle, two footed, uh, straight red card from the referee. Um, and, but you know what I really like to see uh, was that Pasuelo got right back up. You know, he went down, held his foot for a second, you know, made sure he was okay and got right back up. You know, it wasn't sort of the, the whole Giovinco on the ground, his his intestines falling out onto the floor. Well, I think I think that so. was just because he pulled the card out straight away. Like it was an immediate clear yeah. obvious. Yeah, there wasn't card. a question. If there was any deliberation, he would if there was any deliberation as to what the referee was gonna do, I think he might have stayed down. Because fair, okay, you gotta fair play enough. for that. 
Fair enough. No, no, I, I do agree. But I mean, it was just nice to see that you know he got up. He wasn't hurt, thankfully. Yeah. But yeah. it was an ugly tackle by Yang Gregus. Um, you know, which which sort of I, I feel that, that that came out of more frustration than anything. Um, yeah, hundred you know. percent. Because but, they were three two up, and then they yeah. lost it to two very questionable goals from from a Minnesota standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just to kind of go on that as well. This um, when we were talking about you know uh, extra time that podcast where they were talking about kicking players. This is why you know we don't try to encourage that because then you have plays like this that happen and you know that was a leg breaking tackle oh could have been like it he went been in and, and he scissored him like that could have been you know that could have been the end of Pasuelo's season well, and, before and the problem really is too started. though is we know that Vanny listens to the podcast and listens to our suggestions <laughs> because it happened again this this week he changed it up to well, our to our suggestions yeah. he took out Zavaleta Yes, he's listening to this. Finally, podcast. although he didn't, he didn't totally listen. He definitely switched off after the part where we said you keep Westberg in goal. Yeah, oh, yeah. but hopefully next week. Okay, let's let's see, Greg. Next week, Mister Vanny. I'll even give you that, <laughs> Mister Vanny. Next week against Portland, please start <laughs> Quentin Vest. You know what's gonna happen? Bono's gonna start, but instead of Bono in the back of his shirt, it's gonna say "fuck you, Peter." <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> oh, we haven't, we, haven't talk, we haven't talked about the most important thing this whole game. Aura is now blonde. Oh, that that was the yeah. Why, that was the most confusing. <laughs> That's his summer look. Okay, guys, you can't. <laughs> it's fashion. <laughs> I don't expect you to understand. Yeah, yeah I Man, guess the. I, sure. But no, they can't. They have to at least do a Mavinga and be like, "Hey, look, I'm doing this." Because when they come on and you have to stare like. I don't remember saying in the name at the beginning of the game. Who the hell is this? Yeah, I was like, who was that guy? Like, well, Chengiz kept pointing to him during warm. I was like, is that Aro with blonde hair? I'm like, no. I'm like, it's Liam Frazier. <laughs> Turns out it was it was <laughs> Liam <Aro>. Frazier, <laughs> bleach blonde. <laughs> well, he's, he's like pointing to the style. field, and I'm like, what are you what are you pointing at? And he's like, right there, and I'm like, that's not. By no, the way, welcome not, to no. the starting eleven podcast where we go in depth, really yeah. in depth, <laughs> With the ins and outs. We get the hard hitting. We get the hard hitting details. Okay, guys, this is this yeah. is journalism at its finest. So tell us what um, you think of Arl's blonde hair, and watch this be the most yes. responded to question that we get <laughs> in the comments below. Casey, get yes. the poll going right now. Do you like Arl's blonde hair? Yes or no. <laughs> Um, so then, guys, right after that, uh, a minute later, um, Calvo goes in for another tackle, a second yellow card. He's off, so two red cards. Like I said, I think it was just a buildup of Minnesota's frustrations. Uh, they go down two men, and Toronto basically sees out the victory for the last five minutes there. Uh, and they, they come away with a with a victory of 4-3, and um, you know they go into the season now 4-1-1, uh, which is a great start, especially compared to last year. And like I said at the beginning, this is a game that had literally everything. Um yeah. Except for VAR. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. No VAR for that. Yeah. No VAR, I think, I think everything yeah. was kind of pretty, pretty clear. Both the penalty we got, the red card. I think it was all just a, a very clear clear cut game. We didn't It was it was actually and I said this to to Chengis, it was a well refereed game. I was actually quite yes, impressed. It was. It, I was yeah, very was impressed it, uh, with the, the caliber oh, of the referee. Yeah, it was. And I, I was a little bit nervous at the start, but he I think he he held his own and he actually refereed a really good game. So so good on you and, and good on pro referees. You know, we give credit where credit is due. Um so guys let's look ahead now to Saturday's fixture, three PM. I love afternoon games on Saturdays. Uh, against Portland. Portland has been off to an abysmal start to the season um possibly the mls cup final curse who knows uh because atlanta are equally looking as terrible this year yeah. um new york red bulls as so, well 
this is our, a real opportunity for Toronto to sort of, because if they can get points against Portland, if they can get points against Orlando, which is also coming up, you know, they're going to go into May, you know, really with a secure position at the top of the, the East. And, and mm. that's going to be huge for them to kind of, you know, motor through the summer. Um, so, I mean, what are you guys looking forward to most? Peter, against Portland, what do you think is going to be, you know, Toronto's go-to plan? Well, like I said, I, I think it's going to be 3-0 or 4-0. Um, I think this is a game where Pozzuolo doesn't play the full 90. Uh, I think, depending on the score, maybe get 65, 70 minutes out of him. Because um, realistically, Portland isn't doing that well. Uh, I think this is a game where you can try something different um, and, and see what happens. It's a home game. They're traveling east. Um, so... You know, if you want to throw someone else in the the back four, the back three, whatever you want to do, I think this is going to be a Larea right back game um, with probably Morrow on the left side, if not Ashton Morgan on the left side. Uh, and again, you, the, you're you not going to have Josie, so Jordan Hamilton probably going to get the start. Um, or are they going to play no uh, out-and-out striker and play Pizzuolo up front? It's really a, a game where they can kind of play around with it because Portland hasn't been that great but I do think it's going to be a, a Hamilton or uh, a Canola start for this game and Lur- I, well I think for sure I think Josie's out with the the hamstring injury um and um Lorea's looked really good so far I've really liked what I've seen from him the last couple games and so I would be happy to to give him another start he's uh, I know that Chengiz you were sort of saying during the match that you were really liking what you were seeing as well from him yeah he, he has a composure for like I'm, I'm surprised that nobody's really kind of picked up on this he has a sort of composure and a finesse that you don't really see a lot of in the mls like that there's a one moment where he was on the touchline uh attacking the south end where basically he'd he'd bypassed a few defenders and then one of the minnesota players came flying in like with slide challenge and all he did was he stopped the ball dead and he let him run past him or just slide past him it was like something out of a, uh, a cartoon but i i quite liked larea i i think he's more than capable of challenging for that right back position but for for um for for Portland, I do see Vanny going back to the three five two. I think he likes that formation a lot, and I think he wants to experiment, just like Peter's saying, because Portland are unlikely to be uh, giving us any kind of any kind of problem. They've shipped as many goals as we've scored eighteen, and nothing about Portland suggests a threat. So, even if you start Zavaleta at the back, even if you start Drew Moore at the back. I don't think they're going to have the stones to challenge. I think uh, we're going to have, we're probably going to have Oro on the on on the right flank, um, just because three five two lends itself to more attacking plays and Oro is faster on the ball. And I do think we're going to see one of Akinola and, and Hamilton up front um, alongside Pozuela because I think that's sort of the 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 best way to get that his freedom out. It's the best way to exploit the free role that he has to be staying high up the pitch. Uh, midfield, I do think we're going to persist with Delgado and Bradley and Osorio. Um, Actually, Delgado I'm, has done nothing. I'll be honest, Chingay's. I think this might be a Liam Frazier game. Um, try oh, we can't have different. him with if if, if Oro starts, then we can't have Liam Frazier, Justin Gabbar, or, get, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a Jay Chapman game. <laughs> or Jay Chapman. I can see That's a Jay true. Chapman game. That'd be, I wouldn't mind Jay Chapman yeah. coming. No, I'm going to do the Devils Advocate card year. quickly on this one because I know Portland has had just an atrocious season, and I like to point it out. It is it is the MLS Cup curse, but they they did win three one over Columbus in their previous game, and Columbus aren't. But really, it's Columbus. But they're still just behind us. 
So we all laugh at the yellow football team. Oh yeah, we, they are, Columbus, Columbus are just behind us, but we, we've got two games in hand. I know that's what I was just going to say is that this East, is these two games are huge because this gives if we win our two games in hand, then you know we we go comfortably on top of the the top of the oh, table. Oh, abso- absolutely! But it's so, it's one of those ones know, where again, it's like getting caught with your pants down. I mean, you know, yeah. nobody would have thought Everton would have won, but look what happened. It's just one of it's those. True. It's no, one of those right. areas where <laughs> if they if what they need <laughs> to do is they need to keep these guys <laughs> kind of going in full force. I just feel like you know everybody was so kind to Justin. I had to be the mean one on the last podcast. <laughs> so I just figured that if we don't, if we really just don't focus and hunger down, we could get caught with our pants down. I'd prefer to see our first squad go all out and maybe try a tactic change or a formation change versus let's throw random people in there and hope because yeah, two games on hand that puts us on top. We fucked that up. We sit below and we go, really? That's the game we lose? Mm. Yeah. No, you're right. 100%. And, and I, 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 I'm I, curious to see what he does. I do think there are going to be a couple changes, especially with Eltador going down. Um, I, I don't think, like uh, Chenge said, I think this is going to be a game where Pozuelo either gets rested and comes in off the bench uh, or he uh, only plays half the game. Um, but I hope that he doesn't make too many changes, especially to our midfield, to our back line. Um, just just leave Zavaleta like off. We don't... Just leave <laughs> Yes, do not Zavaleta bring Zavaleta on the pitch. On. That was the strangest substitution I've I've seen. Altador for Zavaleta. I was like, what, what is happening? He could have <laughs> went out front and maybe he'd do better. All right, guys. Uh, so score predictions for this one. Uh, Peter, coming to you first. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I want to say 3-0, but I think it's going to be 4-0. I think we're going to have another Pozuelo double um, and hopefully another Hamilton double. Uh, so I'm going to say 4-0. I like it, 4-0. All right. I'm saying I'm saying 5-0. I think we're going to see a couple of Pozuelo specials, but <laughs> I am excited to see Hamilton to continue this goal-scoring form. I think we're also going to get one from Justin Morrow. Uh, he's been making some very, very cool runs into the box there. Um, and I'd love to see him net one just just as a, a reward for all this hard work. Uh, if he doesn't score one, then he'll definitely assist a couple, I think. Um, I do see us breaking into our back into their back line and getting that, that ball in behind their defenders quite often. So, yeah, 5-0 for me. And, I like uh, it, Andre. But I'm going to go. I'm not going to be so high. I think I'm going to go 2-1. I think, I think what's probably going to happen, Pozuelo will play but Portland's going to see what's going to go on. They're going to swarm him this whole game, but we're going to get two goals from Akinola and, and Hamilton. I like it. Uh, I'm going to say 4-2 for Toronto. Um, Mavinga time! We, we, have, we, have, uh, we have the offensive um, attack that we need to put four goals in the back of the net. We've seen that you know a lot this year, uh, that we can, we can you know, pump home multiple goals, but um, I, I think that defensively we still have a lot of holes that we need to get fixed, and so I, I do think that Portland does have um, enough firepower, even though we haven't seen it yet, um, to come out and put a couple in. Uh, and I also think that you know who is uh, a net for us will also you know des- decide on that scoreline as well. Uh, but I'm going to go with four two for Toronto. I will take no, everyone right, else's predictions over mine. Okay, I'm just going to say that right <laughs> now. I will take all of yours over mine any day. God damn it. All well, of guys, them added together 11 0. 11 2. 11 2. 11 2. Yeah. All right, guys. So it's going to be a 3 p.m. kickoff time down at BMO Field. 
afternoon game on a Saturday. It's going to be great. It's supposed to be good weather, so looking forward to it. Uh, it's also the start of the Canadian Premier League, uh, and so uh, we're going to have some of our guys uh, going to that matchup. Uh, I'll be Hamilton. there. Yes, Peter will be there covering for us. Uh, I will be at the TFC game uh, covering that as well. Andre, I'll you'll be, be, I'll be down, at, I'll be down to, at, uh, at the CPL with Peter. We're going to be, you'll be down at the CPL. The inaugural, right. and I'm going to be putting on my phone <laughs> watching TFC at the same time. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. So we're going to make sure that we have you guys covered uh, for the CPL, which is starting up, and Toronto FC. So all of your local footy needs, because Peter, why? Support local football. Yes. All right, guys. And that's going to do it for us here on the Starting 11 Toronto FC edition. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at XI Podcast, and head on over to our website, XIPodcast.com. Lots of great content and your chance to win a Pozzuolo jersey, courtesy of us here at the Starting 11 Podcast. Enter the contest. uh, Let's be Enter real. The Enter contest, the contest, guys. It's free stuff. Free swag. This is a free, free stuff. jersey. Free All you swag. have to do is send Shengay's one nude and you get extra entries. <laughs> it's free real estate. <laughs> um, let's also point out that if you're I've been trying to so win the jersey every day at 3 p.m. If you're so far to have listened to, uh, I guess, this far in the podcast, um, let's say our code word for today is Jordan Hamilton. Yes, I like it. Jordan Hamilton, code word for today. All right. And so, um, yeah, there are code words uh, that have been uh, in some of the other podcasts that if you guys go through and you can answer them, that gives you extra entries to win the jersey. Like I said, guys, free swag. So head on over to XIPodcast.com and check it out. And on behalf of Andre. Gorgeous podcast for the beautiful game. Peter. Ryan Brennan interview incoming. Uh, probably yes. through the next couple of days. Super exciting. Cheng From is. York 9. Let's put it that way. Thank you very much for watching. Smash the like button. It's your boy, Chengiz Khan. Sign out with <laughs> oh, another no. YouTube video. <laughs> we can and see myself, him. guys. Don't worry. We feel bad for you all, too. <laughs> oh. And myself, guys. I am so glad to be back. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you guys next week.